Good morning and welcome to the Upskilling Engineering podcast. Today we have got um, TDR and also CETA with us and we'll be talking about the programme, the courses that can go through the Northeast Workforce Skills programme. Uh, I will uh, start by um, letting Jeff and Connor do a bit of an introduction. They come from the world of engineering, um, so I'll let them do an introduction of themselves. Connor, if you'd like to go first. So uh, I'm Connor Darnell, uh, an engineering tutor at TDR. I've been in the training industry for just over a year now. My area of expertise is mechanical manufacturing and machining. Before TDR, uh, I was a machine shop supervisor for a company specializing in the overhaul of electromechanical machinery. I decided to get into teaching as the most enjoyable part of my previous job role uh, was the upskilling and training of staff. And now I can focus on that aspect without the stresses and pressures of a high production environment. As part of ESF, I'm currently delivering milling, turning, abrasive wheels, industrial environment awareness, and AutoCAD. The commercial training is the, the best part of my job uh, as it offers a great freedom in the way in which courses can be delivered to the varying range of skill levels we encounter. Uh, without being bound to a curriculum. Also meeting many people from uh, different sectors within the industry is fantastic. Uh, and I often uh, find myself learning from them as well. Excellent. Thanks, Connor. Have you, have you, um, do you think that the ESF courses have helped the commercial offer within TDR? Because you can offer things fully funded. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I mean, uh, during my time in industry, I got sent on uh, tons and tons of courses. Um, and all of them, you know, you, you, your employer at the time has to weigh up whether it's like financially viable. Uh, more often than not, you have to sign agreements uh, that you have to pay it back uh, within a certain amount of time. And now that we're able to offer these courses all fully funded, uh, it, it's a no brainer for employers. And, and the, the influx of people that we've had in has been absolutely massive uh, just for the fact that they can get good quality training uh, and, and it's all fully paid for. Excellent, thanks very much. And Jeff, would you like to just do a short introduction for yourself? Absolutely, Shona. My background is in sheet metal work and welding. Served my time as a sheet metal worker welder. In my early 20s, I got involved in the sales of uh, asbestos welding consumable. And consequently, uh, in my mid 30s, I got my first role as a managing director of a specialist welding and fabrication company. Uh, developed my career. Um, reached the ripe old age of 64 and made some realizations. And the realizations that I made were that while I have been reasonably successful in my career, being very, very lucky, I could have been significantly more successful and considerably more lucky or luckier if I'd latched on to what was available out there to bring my colleagues and workmates and co-directors, etc., up to speed when you're an MD, you're absolutely and completely focused always on net profit before tax because the first people you've got to satisfy are the stakeholders and shareholders. And you're kind of, you've got a one-track mind. You're always focused on bottom line, bottom line, bottom line. Of course, first, first aid and health and safety and quality and delivery are critical, but they're a kind of a given. And as a result of that focus, you sometimes miss the bigger picture. And while I hate to admit it, it's taken me to the age of 64 to come to see that to realize that I perhaps didn't have the level of business maturity that allowed me to see beyond 
the narrow broadband of what I was doing, which was trying to make a profit. And I realized I possibly could have been a bit more successful. I could have been, my colleagues could have been a bit more successful if we'd only latched on to the training that was available and developed people to the sort of potential that were more than capable of if I'd been open-minded enough to allow them to do it. So for me, I'm very much and converted. I'm like an ex-smoker. And would you say that it's helped you um, win over businesses now that you actually have made that that switch from um, thinking that you know it wasn't worth it to it being worth it now? I always kind of thought it was worth it, but it wasn't as important as bottom line um, or achieving the EBITDA KPIs. As I said, I'm embarrassed about it, but yes, by virtue of the fact I'm on the other side of it now, I can understand it far more than I ever have. But more importantly, from my point of view and from CETA's point of view, because a lot of the people I'm talking to, I came up through the ranks with, they'll probably listen to me a little bit more. And I am finding that we're able to convince people because they know what I know. And I know that they're too busy being busy to look beyond the parameters of what they perceive the job to be, because that was me. So, yeah, I'm very, very passionate about delivering training now simply because nobody convinced me otherwise in my managing directorship days. Great. Thank you very much, Jeff. Connor, do you think that coming from the industry has um, helped you understand and helped you form the TDR offer um, into what actually employers want rather than what training providers think they want? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've just been I've been here just over a year now. Uh, I'm constantly getting asked about, you know, for, for my input as to what we should be offering. Uh, and I try and give my my opinion as to what I think we should be doing, because um, just just based on where I was, the, the kind of training that I thought was relevant to, to me in the industry and especially to the people that were underneath me, what I, what I think that they they the training that they should have been uh, receiving as well. Um, it, it has opened up a, a lot of doors, um, and, and thankfully we, we are now able to offer these these fully funded courses, and, and hopefully we can continue to do so and, and sort of expand upon the the current listing that we've uh, that we've already got. Great, thank you very much, Connor. And Catherine, how do you think that um, the engineering courses are generally getting received by your businesses? Do you think that they are warm to the fact that they are fully funded we often find that fully funded courses kind of mean people think they're free which means they think that they're not worth going on how do you feel about i think to begin with a lot of businesses thought it was too good to be true um so it kind of was a hard sell but as times went on and they've sent people on the courses and they've had good feedback they are wanting to send more people on the courses so i think gen generally now um businesses are quite keen to get people on the courses Excellent, thanks. And Joy, as this is has been a project, um, and it's kind of in for it's kind of moved and changed as time has gone on. Um, and obviously it was meant to start at the beginning of COVID, and it didn't. Um, has it helped that we've managed to be fluid with courses that we've managed to add courses on as and when employer demand has asked for it? Um, most definitely, Shona. Um, it um, has actually become more and more successful as time's moved on. Um, Organisations out there, as um, Catherine quite rightly said, um, consider something which is free to perhaps not be anything of great quality. 
what we've been able to do as an organisation is we've been able to speak um, with not just our apprenticeship companies, but non-apprenticeship companies. So we've got a good proportion of both of those um, types of companies on board now, probably around about 40% of our apprenticeship companies, but a massive 60% of non-apprenticeship companies. And what we've been able to do is actually our offer, our full commercial offer. So um, because we're very well respected in the region anyway, um, the majority of people who do know us knew that it was actually a, you know, a quality offer. But what our apprenticeship companies have done is they've actually really taken the opportunity to actually multi-skill a lot of people within the organisation that perhaps they might not have been able to do so. Um, more and more, um, since Jeff came in as well, we're actually um, working with organisations now who have actually got what I would consider to be not just a straightforward offer, where there is actually quite a lot of strategic, strategic and operational thinking around the training needs of the organisation. And um, we're probably in a position now where we um, will be looking to tweak a little bit of what we're offering to actually be able to fit in with what, they, what the needs of the, their businesses are. So we're very much looking forward to the next phase of the project um, as we start to, to wind down. But in actual fact, we have got about 14 months left to actually be able to do a great deal of um, training, which will actually make a big, big difference to organisations in the northeast. Very much. So great. Thank you very much, Joy. Uh, kind of when you're delivering the courses, what's the what's the one thing that learners go away thinking that actually it was worthwhile doing? Is there any one thing that you know the the kind of think, oh, actually, I'm going to use that in everyday life, or is it because they're engineering courses they generally tend to it's more practical based? Yeah, I mean, I think the the people that have been sent on the the courses are are there for that reason that they that they actually want to be there. The the feedback that I've had is that the the courses we've offered so far have been fantastic. It's really good. Um, the question that I get asked most at the end of the delivery is, "What else can I do? Uh, can we do anything else?" Uh, we we hand out leaflets. We advise them. We sort of signpost as to the the other courses that we offer as well, uh, and they, they seem to be more often than not, they seem to be. Uh, inclined to to want to come back and, and upskill even further which i think is fantastic and are they quite prepared to pay for courses so i know this is a fully funded offer but are they quite prepared to then come back and pay for courses if that's what's required yeah definitely um i mean the the courses that we offer currently are kind of of a, a basic level we have a lot of introductions too uh, most of our courses are are kind of along that in that kind of field at the minute there's a lot of beginner level uh, basic uh, and a lot of people are inquiring as to whether they can take it further do we offer any advanced training is there anything extra and, and additional that we can offer um so it, it has got us thinking uh, it's got us, us thinking uh, and we're currently looking to try and uh, uh revamp our commercial model uh, and trying to see if we can offer um, you know uh, more advanced training uh, to suit their needs excellent thanks Stranger, we were having a conversation with about digital yesterday, and the same thing has come up there. That, um, and I don't know whether it's the same with engineering, but um, a lot of employers don't know what they don't know. They don't know what they need to be able to to upskill their workforce. And I don't think it's a lack of knowledge. I think it's a lack of understanding what's out there in the training world and what they can get their hands on. Um, I'm just wondering, have CETA and TDR noticed that as well? Uh, I'll go to Sita first. You can choose who wants to answer it between Jeff and Joy. 
Shona, what we've been finding is that um, a lot of the organisations we're dealing with are actually picking up on um, quite rightly what um, Connor said. They're picking up our current commercial offer where there is actually a lot of um, introduction to a particular subject area. And then they're actually asking us to um, if we can actually go on and offer a, a more advanced course, which they, in most instances, prepared to pay for. And like I said earlier as well, um, some of the um, inquiries that we're having are really fairly complex, um, which are actually intended to close the skills gaps in their organisation. So a lot of them are genuinely actually um, employing people that can go out and work with the particular departmental heads to actually put a, a proper skills matrix together. And what they're asking CETA to do now is to say, this is what we need. This is who we've already got skilled, but these are the gaps. Can you help us put a program of training together? Which is um, what we're getting more and more of now. And I'm sure Jeff would agree with me with that. So what we're finding is probably there will actually be um, a little bit of dropout commercial full cost training in there. And most certainly from a point of view of apprenticeships, We've got more apprenticeship companies actually requesting training, but we've also got some of these people who haven't worked with us previously, but have done now because of the ESF project, are now saying, well, next September, we want to actually put an apprenticeship in your, in your um, company. So all oh, in all, it's yeah. been a winner. Fab, great. And what about TDR's perspective on that, Catherine? Um, we're exactly the same as CETA. So we've had... A company come in yesterday they've put loads of apprentices and staff through the esf courses um but they want to focus on health and safety in the workplace so we're kind of working with them to see if we can develop esf courses and tailor them um so that it'll meet their needs so we're great exactly yeah yeah fab and i suppose the million dollar question is there any engineering courses that are currently not in the offer that you feel that actually companies would benefit from and it would be worthwhile putting into the offer? I, I think we, we really should look to to explore the, the advanced training. Um, just to touch on a point that you mentioned earlier um, about people coming in, uh, whether they feel that it's it's worthwhile. Uh, and yeah, I, I do think it, it could potentially be perceived that, you know, that they are free courses, so maybe they're not worth their while. Um, some of the courses that we're offering, uh, you know, an introduction to, People, people automatically assume, well, you know, I, I've been doing this job for however many years, um, so why do I need to be set on a, on a course and, and get this upskilling when I can do the job? And it's, it's actually surprising how many people are, uh, are kind of experts in their field that they come in and they receive this, just this basic level introduction to whatever, uh, and, and they, they're actually reaping the benefits and, and you, can, you can change their their perceptions of these courses um you know you get people coming in saying that you know you're, you're doing things that you know i do on a daily basis which uh, you've just blown my mind i wouldn't have even thought that i could learn anything more uh, than what i have and, and that's great and it, it's fantastic for us as well because we see it and it, it's such a it's such a basic offering that we're that we're uh, providing at the minute uh, and i definitely see some potential if we can we can have a good look uh, to see if we can get some of these uh uh, further courses, uh, more advanced courses out there. I, I think it, it's uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna be fantastic. It's definitely gonna pick up. That's excellent. Thanks, Connor. I mean, it is. It, 
you have hit the nail on the head. People, I think, get so entrenched in their everyday work that they forget about gaining more knowledge or they don't think they could gain any more knowledge. And actually, every day is a school day, isn't it? We can all learn something and we can all always bring something more to the table. And actually, they, we should embrace change and change is actually good. Um, and, you know, there is ways to make things easier and quicker and especially in the world of engineering you know so if we can make efficiencies then that's even better what about you joy yeah um as i say we actually have got some organizations who are um particularly looking for a more advanced um training offer what we're actually doing now going forward is um we will be at some stage probably in the new year now looking to see if we can actually um extend the offer with some more advanced training you know, for example, advanced milling and turning. Um, obviously, like Connor said, we we offer an introduction to milling and turning, but some people actually want something more advanced or they want something more specific to them. So I think the um, what we have to do as a training organisation, we have to actually listen to what those um, needs are and actually sit, um, you know, develop a course that will actually um encompass everything that an organization needs but then obviously go out and market it so that we can actually offer it to a number of organizations and have um you know a class size which makes commercial sense so i think the only that would be the only um stumbling block we would have um is in offering the the advanced level getting enough people onto the course so i think it's kind of more of a um a full team effort to make sure that we get our message out there to say that, look, we can offer more advanced provision. We can actually speak to an organization, listen to what their needs are and maybe tweak a program. So I think that's probably the challenge for us to offer the more advanced um, training. But I don't think it's uh, um, anything that can not be overcome. Great. Thank you very much. Um, I mean, now we don't have Liz Trust in power leveling up might be back on the agenda and we might get some more money back into the northeast because she was going to hammer that um which means we will probably get more skills money into the um shared prosperity funding which means that we could potentially bid for the shared prosperity funding and this could then move this project could move forward into that do you think that would be worthwhile from a, from a provider point of view to carry on this offer albeit maybe it'll be slightly different we don't know what shared prosperity is going to look like but do you think companies would embrace the fact that there is this offer and it is there to stay and that you know we can offer some fully funded courses for businesses i'd see that we have actually already discussed that with a number of companies um to explain that obviously as part of that fund there would actually be um, an offer for businesses they um, have embraced this particular pot of funding really very well, and um, say that the you know that that there will be a continuing need, and really hope that that um, funding is there for them to be able to access. What um, I hope, obviously, a lot of this these funding pots will do is perhaps give us um, a pot of funding which will not just be obviously in Northumberland and Tinyway, but will enable us to actually access it for County Durham and Teesside companies. Um, obviously it will be given to the various local authorities. So, I mean, if as a project, we can actually be discussing it with not just um, maybe City of Sunderland and Newcastle, et cetera, et cetera. We can discuss it with some of them a little bit further afield because I'd see that we have a number of organisations who are literally just over the border. And had it actually been covering those particular areas, we probably could have had a great many more outputs. I mean, I think 
hopefully, well, depending on who comes in power, to be fair, um, we might be able to get an, um, a combined authority. So, and that would make life a lot easier if we got a combined authority, because then the money would sit with the combined authority and not with the individual councils. That would be absolutely that great, because, be yeah, I believe County Durham are hoping to be in that, aren't they? So the combined authority would be, it would be all the outlying councils would come into the combined authority. So it would be, you would have the, it's looking like the North, um, the North of Tyne combined authority would then merge to be just the Northeast combined authority. And then there would be the Tees Valley combined authority. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because I believe County um, Durham are hoping to actually come in with that new combined authority, um, which would be absolutely brilliant for this, for the, the continuation of this project. Because indeed, there's a great many of those companies um, just across the border who would like to actually um, be involved. And Connor, Catherine, how do you feel about this extending beyond the end of ESF? Do you think it would be worthwhile for TDR? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the the more the more funding that we can get for this project, the better. Uh, we've been delivering for maybe just over a year now, potentially a year and a half since this this sort of came to fruition. Um, and it, it is still very early days. We're just starting to, to to tap into the market and to get these companies on board. Um, so hopefully we can keep this going. And, and as Joy said before, we can uh, approach a, a wider audience, uh, if if uh, if not uh, if not the the northeast, but hopefully nationally. Nationally, there's there's a lot of inquiries so far for these courses. So you know, the more funding we've got and the more publicity we can get to try and push these courses out, uh, even nationally. Uh, the, the better I think it's going to be. Excellent. Yeah, I have many conversations with Yvonne Walker from Simpsons Malt and about their many sites and how they would like to use TDR. We have them all the time. <laughs> so that's positive. Good. <laughs> well, thanks very much for your time, guys. That's been really useful. Um, and uh, I'll just say goodbye now from the Northeast Workforce Skills. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.